This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Buzzard Roost Saddles. Buzzard Roost Saddles was born in the swamps of Santa Ma, South Louisiana, and their purpose is to get you standing over your next carcass so you can pick them clean. Proudly made in the USA, every Buzzard Roost Saddle is handcrafted with a patent-pending system that brings you independent angle adjustments on your top and bottom panels to provide ultimate comfort. Standing by their motto, we ain't fancy, Buzzard Roost helps you get the job done without making things overcomplicated. If you're looking for the next tool in your hunting arsenal, you can connect with Buzzard Roost Saddles on Facebook and Instagram, or you can visit their website at buzzardroostsaddles.com. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hunt the Wild podcast. I'm your host, Adam Bolds. Today, I'm joined with uh, Jason Miller of Arizona. How you doing, Jason? Good, and yourself? I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, can you just uh, introduce and tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of how you got started in hunting and the outdoors? Yeah, um, I'm from, uh, I live in Vail, Arizona. Uh, I've been here since 1980. My, my dad was Air Force, uh, retired here in Southern Arizona. Till uh, before then, I you know lived and grew up in Europe, uh, Air Force brat. Um, so I yeah you know I've been hunting here uh, thirty five years. Uh, you know into hunting in the outdoors um, that long. Uh, my brother actually got me into it. He was you know in the guns and shooting and ended up becoming a police officer. And I just you know learned hunting from him. So you know I've been into the outdoors ever since. How, uh, how long did you live in Europe? Till what age? Uh, we moved here when I was about 10, 11. So you do, you play around with any of that stuff while you're over there or weren't introduced to it yet? No, no. You know, sometimes we lived off the base and, you know, in the towns, uh, Germany and England. And, um, you know, me and my brother were always out exploring in the forest and stuff. So I've always been in the outdoors, but when we moved to Arizona, when I was 10, 11, uh, that's when it all began. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's when you got bit by the bug then. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is just, uh, you know, wide open, wide open. So um, what year or close to it would you say you started hunting in? Oh, um, 83-ish. 83. 82, 83, yeah. So I guess what, what kind of like animals and stuff are people hunting in Arizona at that time when, when you were doing that kind of thing, was it, um, similar to kind of what it is now? Um, or was it a little bit different back then? Uh, there was, there's a lot more restrictions now than there was back then, but all pretty much all the same game, you know, the same animals, uh, coos, deer, bear, javelina, uh, elk, pronghorn, um, uh, mule deer, you know, uh, rattlesnakes, all that hunted all back then. And, you know, up till this year, uh, I've been hunting it, you know, all those years, you know, all those animals. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Arizona's, I didn't realize how kind of like diverse and how, how much stuff you guys had to hunt there. I never really, uh, I'm from Indiana, so I've never been out that way, but, um, I've talked to a few people that are from Arizona or have hunted it and, I have to say I'm pretty jealous of, of all those big game species you guys got out there. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot, you know, and we, we got duck too, um, you know, badgers, coyotes, uh, mountain lion. I mean, we got so much here. I and mean, yeah, a lot of people, even a lot of people here 
uh, when I post on, you know, the Facebook group, some of my trail cam footage, a lot of them that have been here all their lives, they didn't know half the stuff, uh, you know, that I post is from here. They, they never knew we had Coda Mondays, you know, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know, Cody, it's like a, it looks like a, a monkey raccoon ish. Um, I, I post them all the time. I get them all the time on my trail cameras. Uh, yeah, but I mean, just things like that. You know, a lot of people that have been here all their lives had no idea we had them here. You know, yeah. it's, it's not just rattlesnakes and scorpions like people think. <laughs> so, um, before I talk to really anybody from Arizona, before I started doing the podcast or anything, I always thought of Arizona as being like this desert. And I didn't realize that there was like, um, like a forest is what you kind of called it in, in Arizona. Can you kind of describe what the terrain is like and the difference between like the desert and the forest of Arizona and kind of maybe where it uh, transitions or whatever in the state? Yeah. You know, they call them the sky islands, you know, uh, cause we have these mountains that pop up out of the desert and they get to, you know, high elevations. In fact, I was just at some mountain ranges down here in Southern Arizona that, around 9,000 foot in elevation, but down in the desert, you can get to like, you know, 2,500 elevation. Um, it just is varies. It's all pretty much desert. And then you got these mountains that pop up throughout the whole state. So, you know, despite being in a place that's 110 in June, you can drive up one of the mountains and be up in the seventies in the pines. Huh. That, uh, that, that's, a. Uh... Something that you can't do here. If it's 110 here, it's definitely going to be 110 when you drive a mile away. Or um, right. yeah, that that's a uh, that's interesting. So do you tend to you tend to go uh, up towards the mountains more in the summertime? Then get away from the heat. Yes and no. It's it's nice up there, uh, obviously because it's cooler. But um, oh, you know you got to remember with the heat uh, that that's great for you know going to water spots in regards mm -hmm. to getting footage of animals. Cause they, you know, not the animals don't travel up, you know, there's animals that live high and animals that live low and they're usually the same, you know, you'll get coos that are high and then coos that are low, low desert and then high pines. But, uh, in the desert, you'll get, um, everything showing up for water in June and July before the monsoons start, uh, you know, cause water's gold out here when it's that hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to kind of talk about. I guess the, the forests and the desert, um, what kind of animals you find in each, I guess you find pretty much everything in, in both areas, unless it's like a rattlesnake, maybe, maybe you don't find those higher up, but. Yeah, we do. There's, there's, uh, the rock rattlesnake, the black tail rattlesnake. I find those at seven, 8,000 elevation, huh. but I also recently did a trail cam video of a snake den, um, maybe 3,200 elevation. And it was full of blacktails. And I also see those, you know, seven, 8,000 elevation. So, you know, they vary just like who's there, uh, bears, you'll get bears way at the top timber on the top of the mountains up in the dark timber. You, you'll get bears also down by the prickly pears in August, you know, down the low desert, you know, so they, they, they kind of, they adapted to both elevations, you know, high, low desert and high, high, you know, uh, pines, you know, um, the only thing uh, uh, I don't really see real high is um, like, well, I can't really say this. Uh, it's like scorpions. Sometimes I find scorpions up high, but for the majority, they're really low. 
Um, I find more rattlesnakes real low in the desert than I do real high, but they're in both, you know? So as like a kid and everything, hearing about scorpions and like, I don't know, like you might go to a fair around here and you might see some scorpions at some little um, thing that they have, you know, you pay to see a scorpion or something. I don't know. I was always told that scorpions are like deadly or all scorpions deadly if they sting you or, or how's that? No, kind of work? They're not really dead. I think if you're, you know, elderly or an infant, then, you know, you, you got to go to the hospital and, and have it checked out. Uh, you could be at risk. But um, for the most part, no, they just hurt like hell. <laughs> yeah. They hurt you worse know, than a, um, like a wasp sting? Very similar. In fact, I've never been stung by a scorpion, but my wife has. Ooh. And um, when when we, you know, looked into taking her to the hospital, they said, you know, pretty much unless, you know, she's having, you know, some really bad symptoms. Uh, there, she's just got to wait it out. So yeah, it's pretty much like, you know, a wasp sting, a bee sting where you just got to wait it out. Uh, there's not a whole lot you can do. You can put ice on it. If it does help, if it doesn't, don't put ice on it. Um, what we do with a lot of insect bites here down here in the desert is we take Benadryl. Yeah. Um, that, that helps a lot. That helps a lot. And, uh, but yeah, for the most part, uh, now rattlesnakes. Yeah. You got to go to the emergency room for rattlesnake bites. <laughs> Unless it's a dry bite, uh, but scorpions, nah, you know, uh, unless you have a condition or you're, you know, a young child, it's really not much you can do. You know, you just got to wait it out. Now, where are you going to typically get stung, um, like by a scorpion? So I, I always picture them like crawling across this desert floor in some sand, but I imagine they get on trees and you may brush up against a tree and it like gets on you or something where would you kind of like come in contact with one? Cause if they're mostly on the ground, I imagine you're wearing shoes. Yeah. You know what? In fact, a few years ago, me and a buddy of mine were sitting a blind when we were deer hunting uh, up, up in the pines actually. And we were clearing this little area by these trees to sit over a game trail. And uh, as we were clearing the, the leaves and stuff, scorpions were just popping out from the rocks and the dirt. They were, they were just all in there. You know, they're, they're just kind of everywhere. For the most part down in the desert, they're underneath rocks in the shaded areas. You know, when you move a stick or a rock or something, um, you know, you'll find them. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, it's, it's not like they're crawling around like ants. You know, it's not yeah. like that. Okay. What about the rattlesnakes? You ever been, uh, ever been bit by one of those or had any close encounters? Yeah, twice I've been struck, but both times I had snake snake gators on you know snake chops from yeah. my knee down my, my uh uh boot um but uh yeah i've had a lot of close encounters with snakes <laughs> you know growing up and when i think back now you know i'm 50 now i when i think back to you know how i used to roam through the desert when i was a kid hunting you know with the 22 looking for bunnies or coyotes or rattlers Man, I, I just, I can't believe all the years I did that without wearing, you know, some sort of protection on my legs, but I never did as a kid. Now I won't go anywhere without some sort of protection on my legs. But, you know, I, like I said, you can go out there and, and, you know, spend three days and not see a rattler, or you can go out for an hour and see three rattlers. It's just one of those things you never know, right place, right time. You know, they're all over just like all the game, but if you're not in the right place, you know, you're not going to see anything. It's just, you know, luck really. 
I uh, I'm really intrigued by Arizona, but I have to say I'm not a big fan of snakes, so I don't I don't know about it now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that bad, and you know the 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 myth of you know sand dunes and scorpions. Well, there's a place west of Arizona, you know, the west corner called Yuma, where it's really hot. That's where you get the sand dunes and all that. But most Arizona, uh, three quarters of it is not sand and you know scorpions. It's not like that. It's actually you know, I mean, out my window, we, we I got mountains. I can look up there. I, the tops are all covered with forest. But down here by my house, I got prickly pear and swaros. You know, it, it's so different, man. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's not like the movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's interesting how you can uh, be in kind of one environment and then drive, I don't know, like an hour or whatever yeah. it takes you to get up there and just be like totally different. I'm, I'm definitely jealous of that. Around here, we... Uh, corn and soybean fields and it's hot in the summer and it's freezing cold in the winter time there's no really in between except fall <laughs> well, well we get chilly down here in the desert in the winter but our chili is probably nothing you know it wouldn't it wouldn't phase you but you know i was just up high like i said uh the other day uh checking some cameras up nine thousand elevation and uh yeah there's still snow up there you know we, we where i live right here we do get a couple days of snow um uh, during the winter, but the higher elevations, every time a storm comes in during winter, you know, the mountains usually get covered in snow. Does it ever snow down in the desert areas or too warm? Oh yeah. 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 Well, our winters get chilly, you know, and if we have a good storm come through the desert floor, we'll get a dusting, you know, a day or two of snow type thing. And then it's gone. Um, but not that often, not like the high mountains. Yeah. It's gotta be uh it's gotta get kind of be a weird, Look, probably not to you, but that'd be a weird looking thing to me to see a desert covered in uh, dust and snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of nice. And what's nice about it is, you know, if we go up to the mountains uh, to, you know, mess around in the snow, we're up there for the day and it's gone. Then we come back down, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Just uh, kind of enough to get your fix and then uh, move on. Exactly. Yeah. It's not weeks and months down here, you know, where you live, like it is for you guys back east or other states, you know, where you got months and months of it and it doesn't go away. We don't have that. No. Yeah. We, everybody always here is like, oh, snow, snow, can't wait for snow. And then about two days of driving in it, everyone's bitching that they can't get anywhere. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So um, I brought you on the podcast because I wanted to talk about, um, trail cameras in Arizona and I wanted to talk specifically about the trail cam ban in Arizona for hunters. Right. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of how the law came to be or when it came to be and all that kind of stuff. If you want to kind of touch on that, um, how long it's kind of been going on and, and that sort of thing. Um, it started, it went into effect uh, January 1st, 2022. Um, the Game and Fish felt, I guess, that there was um, too many animals taken because of the aid of uh, trail cameras. A few years ago, uh, I think five years ago, maybe four, they, they banned uh, the cellular cams. Oh, you know, where, a separate ban. Okay. Yeah. That I get. I get that um, because, you know, it's you can be at work and you get you get the video or pick of the buck or bear or elk or whatever on your phone. And, you know, the animals there right now, you could leave, go hunt it, shoot it. You know, I get that. 
But the ones you have to go check, just the regular SD trail cams, um, and I, I've been running trail cameras for four years. I've never shot anything on camera. Uh, I've never really tried, except for bear when I first started. But other than that, um, I, all the guys I know, n nobody I know has shot, you know, uh, anything they've gotten on trail cameras because it's so wide open down here. Um, it, you know, just because you get on camera doesn't mean the animal's hanging out there every day. You know, it's not like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there were some issues up in northern Arizona between people, uh, the average hunter and guides claiming water holes for elk. Uh, you know, when it comes down to money and getting paid for guiding people, competing mm -hmm. with the average Joe hunter that's hunting there too, then you got an issue. And then apparently there was some threats between some people in regards to, you know, this is my water hole because I've got 20 cameras. You only got two cameras. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it has something to do with that, but the game fish uh, claimed that there was an issue with, you know, too much being taken by uh, uh, the aid of cameras, which to me is baloney, absolute baloney. Uh, I get some fantastic footage and I've never shot anything or seen anything in the place where, you know, I, I got the footage, you know, it's just, it's not like we're at a cornfield and at 10 o'clock, you know, there's 10 points coming by. Yeah. It's not like that out here. We got miles and miles of, of, uh, um, you know, open country and these animals roam, you know, um, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's some hunters that, you know, have taken animals that they've gotten on their cameras here in the state, but not to the degree that the gaming fish say, because if that was the case, everything would be dead. Yeah. You know, if there, it was that much of an advantage, it would all be right. dead. Yeah. There'd be nothing left here, you know, and the gaming fish are real strict about tags in certain units, you know, well, in all the units here in the state, you know, they control everything. And man, we'd see a huge dent and it, it's just not because of trail cameras. So I think there's a lot more behind it. And I think, um, the, the thing that upset me about the whole deal was, uh, I, you know, I grew up a hunter and I, I love running trail cameras cause I have a YouTube channel, but it's just wildlife, you know, it's not a hunting channel. And, um, because of that law, I chose not to get a hunt license this year for the first time ever uh, because I didn't want to be a target per se, even though I don't use them for hunting. Now, you know, some guys are still going to use cameras and say, well, I don't hunt that area. You know, there's a lot of gray area to this law, and I don't know, you know, how it's going to affect. So I thought if I don't get a hunt license this year, I'm clean. I can run cameras, get my footage from my YouTube channel. And I don't have to worry about ever being a, a target because I probably post more on the hunting groups here in Arizona than anybody else with trail camera footage. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're already probably on your tail. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yes. <laughs> You're on the no, radar. I, uh, yeah. I, I think it, it, it stems from issues up in the White Mountains further north of the state with, you know, like I said, guides and hunters and issues. But I, I just I didn't want to have any issues so you know if i have a hunt license then that means you know just with a hunt license i could shoot small predators and small game without tags so if i'm checking a camera and i've got a hunt license i technically i could be sighted because i could shoot something in that area because i have a hunt license but i'm running trail cameras so you know i'm, I'm running cameras i'm they're aiding me in my taking of you know wildlife i i don't know how they're going to proceed with enforcing it. So that's why I chose not to 
just not get a license at all this year. So um, two things kind of come to mind. I guess the first thing, because it'll probably be a, a quicker question. Do you think they should have um, been more specific about you can't use trail cameras on this, this, and this, and then all the stuff in this category doesn't matter. So we're, we're talking like small game, you know, for instance, or whatever. Right. Obviously, most people probably aren't using trail cameras to, to, to find rabbits to shoot or, or yeah. whatever it might be. Um, right. But like you said, that's kind of a an area to where they leave it open to where you could get sighted. Do you think they should have? I guess what I'm asking is if they had to, if they went this route like they did, do you think they should have maybe said, yeah, for mule deer or, or whatever, you can't use it. But for this, this and this, you can use it. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't think they wanted to deal with it whatsoever. That's why they did. They, you know, usually when people try to enforce things, they take, you know, a bit by bit by bit. They just went out for an all out man. So I don't think they wanted to deal with any of it because then you're, well, yeah, I, you know, I'm in this area, I got a camera and I'm hunting meal there and, um, but there's elk here, you know, right. yeah. it's just, I, I, I don't think, I don't think they wanted to deal with it. it it's too much else. They don't have the manpower to enforce it. Um, so they figured let's just do an all out ban. So we don't have to mess with it. And, you know, not to mention the complaints every year of hunters calling them saying, Hey, my cameras were stolen on this water hole, that water hole, you know, that was an issue too. And I think they were just, they didn't want to deal with it. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, when you, you have rights every year, they usually try to take something away or something comes up on the agenda of we're going to take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, for all we know, next they'll, they'll start saying you can't shoot over 500, 500 yards at a deer, mm -hmm. you know, cause some guys are knocking them out seven, a thousand yards, Yeah, you know, and they're proud of it. Uh, that might become an issue that was brought up too. Um, that might become an issue down the road. You know, are they going to stop us using sights on our bows next or using range finders? I mean, it almost seems like they're looking for things to take away from us. Um, so we don't have that much of an advantage anymore in filling our tags and being successful, you know, and, uh, I don't know, you know, and I, I just heard, I think it's Utah. They're doing a, going through with a ban, but I think that it's a seasonal thing. Uh, you know, their, their roles are a little bit different, but the game and fish here, they just didn't want to, uh, throw anything else out there other than let's just ban them and be done with it. Uh, like now, I said, do you, I don't No, Sorry. Go ahead. Do you think there's like a, um, do you think there's a deeper, deeper, uh, uh, gosh, I can't think of the word. Not meaning, to but a, a deeper uh, reason behind <laughs> wanting to ban those. Do you think that it, it's to lead into other things or, um, you know, yes, I, I yes. just, I, I just don't feel like, you know, the banning the trail cameras was the initial, maybe the goal, you know, like maybe not no. more deep seated. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, many people showed up at the hearing, you know, when they were, uh, deciding on the ruling of the trail cam ban. And there was more, you know, for not banning than for banning, but the game and fish had already decided it was, you know, it was our, uh, the, the public, uh, you know, opinion about it didn't even matter. They did give us 
a chance to voice ourselves. But at that same meeting, the game and fish officers that were at the meeting, they had wrote, uh, read from their paperwork at the end of it, stuff that was already <laughs> already decided before the meeting. You could tell they didn't, you know, draft these up during the meeting. It was already decided, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It might lead to other things. You know, they, they just recently uh, had a meeting about doing away uh, with the mountain lion and the bobcat and the bear hunting, you know, or, or changing the seasons. And I think they changed a couple things. But, yeah, they're always trying to, like I said, they're, they're trying to take from us more and more, you know. Uh, it's unfortunate. The reasoning behind all of it, I really don't know. But um, it's a shame. It really is. Yeah, I don't really um, – I'm having a hard time understanding how they can ban something like that without, you know, a public vote. Um because obviously the public, you know, hunters and stuff are the ones paying for yes. for all this conservation work and for all these state managed lands and these federal lands and all these taxes right. they take from us every week. It's like, how can one small group decide for everyone else? And it seems like exactly the meeting that you're at, everyone's leaning more towards no, let's not ban it for majority of the vote, but they're still going to going ahead and doing it anyway. That seems a little bit a uh, little bit cheatish. Yeah, maybe, you know, some people have deep pockets that are uh, anti-cameras. I don't know. And they fund the Game and Fish. There you go. Yeah. You know, who knows? I, I don't know. But I think there's more to it than meets the eye. And it, it sure as heck isn't just because, you know, it's too much of an advantage and that many animals are being killed by trail cameras. That's baloney. I, I don't I don't accept that what, whatsoever. And yeah. I don't think most of the other Arizonans that hunt d didn't accept that either. You think there's uh, some higher up politics in that? You think uh, you think yeah. any animal rights groups are involved in that and tangled anywhere up higher on the ladder? Could be. It, like yeah. I said, it's all dollar signs, isn't it? Funding. Yeah. You know, it even is. though it's a game and fish department and they deal with the hunting, you know, funding is very important. Uh, okay. So it could be. It could be. Especially uh, when I you're underfunded. Be. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But you're right. You know, you'd think. They'd listen to us because we buy the tags, the licenses, and all that every year. Thousands of hunters here in Arizona that we definitely have an impact on, you know, yay or nay in regards to uh, rulemaking. But we don't. We really don't. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad that you uh, you can't have a voice in something that, um, you know, all of us pretty much build our lives around and, you, you know, right. think about 24 seven, go to bed thinking about it and wake up thinking about it. And it's, uh, it's crazy. So I guess, um, you got this Facebook group and YouTube and Instagram and everything. So you probably got a lot of friends that hunt. Um, were, were all of your friends pretty much pissed about it? Or do you have any that were like, man, you know, I'd be all right with that trail camera van. You know, I think some some hunters, uh, like on the hunting groups, after it went through, uh, they had stated, you know, they're good with it. They're sick of seeing cameras everywhere, this and that. The guys that, that don't use them. But what, what those guys don't understand is, like me, there's a lot of hunters out there that use them just for the footage. They're fun. They're addicting. They're such mm -hmm. a blast, you know. And it's Christmas every day. You're going to check them. You know what yeah. I mean? Just to see yep. what you got. If you see that monster buck, bear, uh, you know, quail, anything, you know, uh, whatever you get on there, it's it's such a rush. If you hunt it or not, you know, they're fun. And, you know, a lot of hunters, 
would take their kids out and check the cameras, get them out in the field, you know, and it doesn't mean they're out there to blast everything that shows up on the camera. You know, if they see it, they see it, you know, they, they try to shoot it. But for the most part, a lot of people that ran, you know, run trail camera or ran trail cameras, um, they, they weren't, you know, posting pics and then, you know, the buck on the wall after the fact, you know, a year later, some do, but not to the extent that the game and fish were claiming, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I, I, like I said, when I got into trail cameras, the, the, the original reason I started that was I wanted to get something different. Uh, I didn't do it for hunting purposes. I wanted a Jaguar or Ocelot, something rare to get on camera. And in the meantime, I've gotten everything else, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a blast. And like I said, when I first had my first four years ago, I had my, you know, two cameras, um, I was hunting bear and I, I put a few out. But they didn't help me get a bear. I never got a bear, but I got some awesome footage. And then it was like the second, second year, two and a half years into it, I separated the two. And I know being a hunter, some hunters might think, how do you do that? I just, I enjoyed the footage so much. I just, you know, I, I would hunt and then I'd have my, my hunting areas and I have my camera areas. Sometimes they overlapped. But I, like I said, I, I never see, saw stuff when I was hunting um, that I got on my cameras. You know what I mean? Uh, right. But I separated the two. I didn't, I don't run cameras for hunting. And I think that's pretty obvious now because I chose to run cameras this year for the first time ever since I've been here, you know, since I've been a hunter um, over hunting. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I love to hunt. I always love to hunt, but I'm still kind of hunting, but just with a camera now. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been blessed with, you know, being pretty successful as a hunter. Um, and I've done pretty well as getting some fantastic footage with my trail cameras. So, you know, I just, I chose to not hunt and continue with the cameras. I, I think it's interesting about the, the, um, you know, fishing game saying if, you know, there's a big deer on camera, you're going to shoot it or whatever. But for me, I would say that, I would say that trail cameras help me um, maybe find game, but when it comes right. to um, actually shooting something, there's a lot of times where I've had a deer that on camera that I was trying to kill, and then I see a bunch of other deer that's not that deer, and I pass on every single deer because I'm yeah. waiting on that deer. And then yep. the season ends, and normally without the camera, I probably would have shot one of those other bucks. But knowing that right. that buck was on that camera, I went the whole yep. year trying to kill him and ended up not killing one. So for me, Correct. it changed my success rate um, less and actually gave them more population. So I don't know if I uh, I'm with you on their argument. I'm not sure that that's. Yeah, you're no, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, for the average guy that just wants meat in the freezer, that camera ain't going to make a difference. He's going to shoot the first thing he sees. For the trophy hunter or the guy that, you know, will save his tag for that one buck. Yeah, man, you know, they, they go hungry. <laughs> yeah. You know, do, unless yeah. they're successful, if, if they don't get the one they want, they go hungry that year. Uh, and you got to remember, too, we can only shoot one deer a year here. Uh, you know, one bear, one elk, uh, one pronghorn. We're, you know, a lot of states, I got a buddy from Illinois that comes down and hunts and uh, every couple years and 
man, they, they just overload on turkey, deer, geese, ducks, everything up north. He's like, oh, you got to come up and hunt in Illinois with me. And mind you, when he came down here, he said it was like the wild, wild west. He couldn't believe that, you know, you as far as the eye can see out here, you can hike and hunt. You know what I mean? And Illinois, there's like, uh, you know, lots that he leases out on farmers fields yeah. and, you know, little wooded lots. And that's what I'm used to. Uh-huh. yeah duck he's got duck pond groups you know where he goes duck hunting so you know it's it's obviously not as wide open back east uh where he's from but out here he just he couldn't get enough of it it was just unbelievable he's just like hey can we go to those mountains and hunt and these mountains you know and it just blew his mind but at the same time uh even though we you can only shoot one of most of what we have here um you know in regards to uh big game you could spend a whole year hunting, you know, coyotes, rabbits, rattlesnakes, you know, mind you, there's a little on rattlesnakes, but, um, you know, you, you could be busy all year, you know what I mean? But the, through the summer months, you don't really hunt much because it's too hot, except for like, you know, the end of summer when pronghorn and uh, deer going to, you know, the deer are in velvet around August, they have an archery hunt there. And then, you know, the beginning of the fall is when things usually open up more. And then through winter and into spring, like right now we got the spring bear going on. Um, and then we got the, the summer bear hunt, which is the over the counter tag bear hunt uh, for the summer. Um, and that's tough because, you know, you're out there in a hundred plus degree heat hunting those bears, you know, high desert or low desert it's high or high, high mountains or uh, low desert. It's hot. Yeah. And, uh, but then again, water is key, you know, I mean, there's ways around it. You, you deal with it, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's pretty neat out here. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of wildlife. So, um, for the hunting thing, are you going to, you going to give it up completely or are you going to travel to another state to hunt so you can keep running your cameras and, uh, hunt and get the best of both worlds? Well, that, that's an idea. I'll, I'll probably maybe go to New Mexico check out some other states to hunt um i'm not sure i'm gonna see, i'm gonna give it this year and see how the trail cam thing you know feels and what happens this year in regards to that with hunters because i'm sure there's guys that are still using them oh for um, sure because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of things going out there going on out there like oh i'm i've got trail cameras that you know guys that hunt i got trail cameras because i like to get bird footage you know, and uh, yeah. <laughs> the cameras are there for my kids. They're checking them. You know, there's ways around it. But, you know, I, I think the, the game and fish, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to enforce it or, you know, how far they're going to go with it. That's why I didn't want to take a chance. And because I probably post more than anybody in this state on all the hunting groups on Facebook, um, I just don't want to take a chance. You know, I, I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to deal with it, even though I don't use it for hunting. I, I, you know, I just don't want to be a target. So I, I chose, you know, not to hunt and I'm, I'm good with that. Cause like I said, I'm still hunting just with a camera. So I'm actually out in the field more with cameras than I ever did when I used to hunt. And you're right about learning about the animals. I've learned so much because of my trail cameras that I never knew the last 30 plus years hunting animals. I've learned so much about the animals because of my cameras that I never knew, uh, you know, just their behavior. Uh, things they do and why they do it. Uh, you know, like I never knew mountain lions scratched, you know, let leaves scratch marks and, and scents and stuff. My cameras told me that. I yeah, never they, scratch knew that. On, they scratch on trees, don't they? 
Well, yeah, they'll do a scratch and then urinate. Oh. You know, or take a dump or whatever. I never knew they did that. But when I have one in, you know, I was I have one look overlooking a game trail. <coughs> excuse me. Um, I was by a scrape and didn't know it. And I, I saw a line come up and he stopped and started scratching. Then he went to the bathroom. And then when I when I went over there to check the camera and I saw the footage, I was like, I went over and saw the scratch marks. I was like, holy smokes. But I never knew that. And, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about deer. You know, I, I knew deer, you know, uh, rake trees and stuff during the rut and they have scrapes. But licking branches and all that, my cameras taught me that. I never knew that. I thought just the deer back east did all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they do it out here too. It's just, it's not as, it's more wide open. So it's more spread out. So they're harder to find. But back east, places are more concentrated. And you, you can find those places easier. You know, like my buddy from Illinois was telling me, you know, he'll walk out in the little wooded lot that he hunts for deer on some you know, farmer's land and uh, every other tree has been rubbed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But out here, out here, you might walk for three hours before you find three rubs. Oh, you know gosh. what I mean? That's the difference. But it's still the same thing. The deer are doing the same thing. So, but, you know, my cameras taught me that. Uh, my cameras also taught me that, you know, when animals go to drink, it can be whenever. <laughs> it's not mm -hmm. timed every day. You know, it's, it's not every day. It's, you know, different animals, different days, different days of the week. But I've learned a lot from cameras. And there is just fascinating, man. Like I said, it's Christmas every time I go to check them. Oh, yeah. I love that feeling of driving home with an SD card in my pocket. But I'll tell you what, though. It's, it's a bag of coal. When you didn't get when you didn't get shit that last two three weeks on your camera, <laughs> I uh, I left a camera out for two or three months after season, and I went and grabbed it, you know, in February or it might have even been March, and I was so excited. I had this buck I couldn't kill, and I wanted to see if he was on there. I wanted to see if he shed, and I, I get home and I put the camera in. I'm like, where's the pictures? Forgot to right. turn the camera on last time I checked it. Oh, it had been man. soaking for two or three, four months. I was like, no. So, you know, oh, that, oh. that happens too. But um, yeah. so I, you know, I don't um, condone breaking the law or anything like that. Um, as far as like, you know, they set this new law where you can't use trail cameras to hunt. I see, I see um, it being very hard for them to bust people for it because one it's not illegal to have a camera out um correct so they would almost have to have a picture of the guy with the bear or the deer and um a picture that he had pulled off the trail camera of the same animal or something because exactly I mean, it could have yeah. just had the camera out there you know i mean yep. they can't just walk out in the woods and find a trail camera and be like oh yeah that's john's he's breaking the law or whatever you know because uh, i just don't see how um how enforceable that's going to be. That's uh, that seems like almost nearly impossible. Well, the thing about it is, is I don't know if they care uh, if you are or not, you are using for hunting or not. If they see a camera and you're out there hunting and you're, you know, within so, so close to the camera or whatever, it's the fact that uh, you, you might be hunting. So they'll ticket you. And then you go fight it in court. Then it costs you money. Even if you win, even if you prove, hey, I don't hunt this area, you know, I've never shot anything. It's just the fact that if you're ticketed, 
then you got to pay for an attorney. You got to deal with all that. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know if they're going to go that route or if they're going to wait for some idiot to post a buck picture or bear or whatever, some animal picture and then them with it after they've shot it. And you know, you're going to get some guys doing that, man, because they're going to be oh, so proud yeah. of it. Like, okay. They can't, they can't, uh, they can't stop themselves. Can't help themselves. Yeah, exactly. It. They're going to think, Oh, no one's going to remember that. I posted that buck picture. Who knows? I don't know who they're watching. I'm sure the game and fish have officers, officers that are in all the hunting groups and all the wildlife groups in Arizona on Facebook. And they're just, they're, they're, you know, that's their job. They're, they're checking everything that everybody posts and then all the names of everybody and they keep logs of it. I don't know. Maybe they don't have the manpower for that, but um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know how they're going to enforce it unless some crazy dude does that. But here's the other thing. What a lot of people are probably doing is they're still running cameras. They're still hunting, but when they post the pictures, a lot of hunters don't post pictures. You know, because mm -hmm. they don't want people to recognize something. And then I don't want nobody to know. <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh, I know where that buck is. I've seen that buck in my area. That's where that, you know, um, the thing is uh, they they could just crop the date and time out of the bottom of the picture before they post it and say, oh, I got a picture of this three years ago. So, you know, there's yeah. ways around it. So, yeah, I don't know how they're going to enforce it. Maybe they're waiting for the, the dumbasses to post stuff or maybe they think just you know eliminate you know passing this this law and eliminating half the trail cam guys not using them anymore is going to be sufficient for them i don't know i don't know yeah. um that's yeah, a i don't know that's a weird thing i i uh i love to run trail cameras i can't imagine if they if they did that here i think i would still kill deer but i mean for me like i said i i, I never shot a deer that i've been trying to that I've been tracking for five years on trail camera. I'm, I'm all like right. you. I just like to, it just gets me excited. You know, I've got one in that area and like, I don't know. It makes me feel confident that maybe I could shoot yeah. a nice one, but I, I I'm, it's never like, Oh, he's showing up here at five 22 PM. I go there and just like whack him, you know, the first sit of the year. Nobody does right. that. That's only stuff on TV. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, like I said, there are some guys that, you know, I'm sure, you know, filler tags with stuff they get on cameras. Uh, but it's not to the point where, you know, the game fish are like, oh, we got to ban these. You know, too many animals are being killed. That's silly, man. It really is. And that's why I'm pissed because, you know, I'm not pissed off at the game and fish guys. I'm just pissed off at, you know, the guys upstairs uh, making this ruling mm -hmm. and not really having a legitimate uh, reason for doing so. And like I said, there's a lot of guys I know that, um, you know, that's, that's a family weekend with the kids going out, check the trail, cam trail cameras, you know, it's a shame, man. It really is. So I want to talk a little bit about cell cameras versus, versus like a standard SD card camera. I know we touched a little bit about earlier and you said that they had banned cell cams prior to this new ban. Um, yes. Do you believe like um, believe there's some ethical issues between the two? Um, I guess do you feel it's it's more ethical to use. I know you don't use those. I know you don't use cameras to hunt, but do you do you feel like it's more ethical for somebody to use like a standard camera versus a uh, a cell camera? Is a cell camera kind of like cheating almost too much? Like I don't know how you feel about it. 
Um, in regards to hunting, yes, I think cellular cams are cheating. Uh, the SD card cameras, like you know what I use, you have to uh, go out and check them. Your sense out there, you know, you're in and out. You're putting the time in. Uh, just from what I've seen in four years of running cameras, I, I can't see it, you know, being an advantage. I really can't. Because, um, you know, the, the first two years, you know, I had them in hunting spots. I never saw those animals. You know, I, I'm better now at finding my spots and I've learned so much more about animals. But still, they, they come and go. They're, you can't time them. You know, I just sell your cameras. I think I, I get that. Uh, that's too easy. Um, but, uh, that's like, you know, fish in a barrel, you know, what's in there and you know, when it's there you can see it 24 seven. Um, but the SD card ones, you got to go check and, you know, it's usually days, weeks, some people, you know, months going to check them and, you know, Arizona's so wide open. I just, I, I don't see how it's an advantage unless you've got, you know, food in front of your camera and they're there every day at 10. But other than that, nah. There's no advantage with SD card uh, cameras. I prefer the SD card cameras because when I go out, check them, I'm always usually taking different routes uh, to my spots and I'll find new spots to put cameras, you know, and that's my part of my exploring. Um, I'm always moving cameras around. You know, I have some really good spots and I got some spots that just don't pan out. Then I got some spots that are hot only a couple times a month with certain animals in that area because of food and water, what have you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, nothing against people that use cell cams in other States, you know, for hunting, I just like here because I chose not to use cameras for hunting. I'm not against guys that do all the power to them. You know what I mean? But in yeah. regards to them being a big advantage, uh, the SD cards cameras, I don't think are a big advantage. The cellular ones. Yes. But like I said, to each his own. You know, um, I just don't choose to use them. I actually just got a cellular camera uh, from Tacticam. I know a guy that works for Tacticam here in Arizona. And because <laughs> you're not going to believe this, I still, got, I still got a flip phone, man. I got a flip oh phone. Oh, my gosh. They still sell those? <laughs> yeah. I just renewed it, too. Oh, uh, my I gosh. I love the flip phone. So I can't get pictures anyway. But he, he sent me a, a cellular cam to advertise, you know, Tacticam. And um, he said, if you don't do the plan with the cellular thing, and I can't because I have a cell phone, but I, I have no desire to do that. I just like the camera and the quality of the pictures. So I stick that camera out, which is a cell cam, and just go and check the SD card. It, it, it acts like uh, without the plan, the cellular yeah. plan that you have to get, without that, I just learned all about this too, because I never really understood what cellular cams were, but without that plan um you have to go check it like a regular sd camera and i'm cool with that so i get the camera the name the quality picks and i'm not paying for the cellular deal on it and i thought cellular cams were just cellular and that's it but no i guess you can use them with an sd card and that's fine so yeah, yeah. I, I actually wasn't aware of that either until a couple months ago somebody had told me i think somebody on the show told me that they said you yeah, you can uh, you can use it as either or. So, yes. like if you don't, if you're a guy that wants to run the plan only for a couple months during the rut or whatever, and then you want to shut it off and not use it for the rest of the year, you can just run that. You know, just leave a card in it and and save some money. Yeah, you know, I and like I said, going out and checking 
SD cards. And I know, you know, some people might not physically be able to go do that. So the cellular cam works out better for them. You know, uh, if they're hunting with that camera or if they're just liking wildlife video or, you know, places on their property, they want to put it. I get it, but I just enjoy going to check um, my SD cards and check my cameras because sometimes, you know, they get messed up and, uh, you know, by cows or by bears or whatever, you know, cattle and uh, Cotamondes, you know, animals mess with them sometimes. So I... I just enjoy going to check them. And that's, that's just my choice, you know, my preference. Not to, not to harp on the, uh, the fish and game and all that stuff, uh, <coughs> our new law and everything, but I have to give another argument against that. Um, so around here, if you check a camera too much, those deer are going to start uh, patterning you. They're going to start yes. to learn your patterns. They're going to know that you're, you're going to do more harm than you are good. So, um, the trail camera thing, you know, guys using trail cameras that are checking them too much, they might be less successful. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, um, see I smoke, so, you know, I get some, I'm not bragging, but I get some great footage and a lot of people are like, how do you do it? Do you put stuff down this and that? And I was like, you know, everything is hundred percent natural. Um, it wouldn't be fun for me if it was, if I was baiting or putting stuff down. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't do it. I, even though I have a YouTube channel that I post some of my videos on, it's a hundred percent natural. Um, but I smoke cigarettes and if anything, you think they'd be spooked by that and they, you know, I wouldn't get no footage, but you know, a, a guy told me once that, uh, I said that too. And he said, the smoke is probably you know, not attracting, but it doesn't spook them because, you know, forest fires, desert fires that happen during the monsoons, lightning and stuff, you know, that they have, a, the animals familiar with ash, mm-hmm. you know, they're familiar with ash. And uh, so with my smoking scent all over the cameras and my, my, you know, what's on my hands, they're not spooked by it, but you know, to the hunter, Oh, you smoke, you'll never kill anything. Well, I've, I've killed more than, <laughs> I shot more animals than guys. I know that I've never touched a cigarette, you know, so go figure. But uh, yeah, uh, smoking, apparently they don't mind it because I would never get footage. Hey guys, real quick ad from our sponsors over at Buzzard Roost Saddles. Buzzard Roost Saddles are proudly made in the USA and their independent angle adjustments on the top and bottom panels provide the ultimate comfort for those long sits. Buzzard Roost stands by their motto, we ain't fancy, and they help you achieve your goal while keeping things simple. You can connect with Buzzard Roost Saddles on Facebook and Instagram, or you can visit their website at buzzardroostsaddles.com. Yeah, I've heard, uh, I know whitetails are, are super curious animals. I've heard guys talk about, you know, that smoke a lot in a tree stand and stuff that they see deer a lot. And right. um, it can be out of curiosity. Those deer just kind yes. of smell it and they're, they come in just to kind of check out what it is. And, you know, yep. if they hang around too long now, they might uh, they might get spooked. But uh, yep. around here, it seems like, you know, they might come in just to see what's kind of going on in that area. Yeah, it could be curiosity, too. You know, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I just you'd think, you know, just as the smoke in general would be enough to spook them and they'd never, you know, come by, walk the trail, go to water, whatever. But doesn't phase them, man, at least not out here. 
Maybe I need to get some cigarette butts and put them in some some, uh, some water and start spraying that all over me. I wonder if that'll work. <laughs> and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. When I when I smoke out there, uh, you know, I'll, when I'm done, I'll, I'll put the cigarette out. But I always bring my butts. I'll put them in my, my pant pocket. And I always bring them. I don't lit, litter them, you know, litter yeah. out there and leave them. So if anything, I'm even more smoky smelling because I got cigarette butts in my pockets when I come back to my truck, you know, from going to check cameras. <laughs> and even when I hunted, I did the same exact thing. So, but then again, when I hunted, I played the wind. You know, the wind is... is is the ticket um they smell you they're either going to be curious or they're going to book you know or they get spooked whatever uh so the wind is key to hunting but you know that's that's another story <laughs> so it, do you know if arizona is the first state to do this true camera ban i think they are yeah and then like i said i just heard utah made a bunch of restrictions um i think they made like a season for jail cameras only type thing. I, I'm not sure what went down with that. I just heard about it. I think it's Utah or Nevada, one of those states. But the thing that upset me uh, a lot when the meeting was going on is no trail camera companies spoke up for the hunters of Arizona. And, mm. but, but there, were, I did see a couple posts. I think it was for Utah when they were talking about doing some kind of ban then I saw a couple companies speak against it, and I was, oh, I was pissed because so I was like, why wasn't you there for Arizona? You know, yeah. there's a lot of Arizonans that use cameras, and maybe they thought it wasn't going to pass in Arizona, so they didn't bother. I don't know. And now that another state's being targeted, maybe they're like, hey, wait a minute, this is gonna, you know, this is gonna affect the the dollars in our pockets here. We got to jump on this next one. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's the other thing I was wondering. They use cameras back east and up north like crazy. That's where you guys originally started, right? With cameras was back there. Um, what are what are your thoughts? What do you think? You know, if they're going to come after you or make restrictions, that's yeah. That was going to be know? actually my next question that I got wrote down here. You think this is going to be the start of uh, banning trail cameras in every state? I, I mean, um, it's you know definitely going to cause me some concern. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going to cause me to be less successful. I've, I've, right. you know, I've been hunting since I was a, a little kid. So I pretty much, not that I have it figured out. Nobody ever does, but you know, I've kind of, I kind of know the ropes a little bit. So I don't think it's, I don't think I'm going to starve to death, but it would, uh, it would kind of tear me up inside. You know, I, I love pulling those trail cameras and pulling those pictures up and scrolling for hours through thousands of, yeah. of photos and, yeah. and just kind of seeing, um, you know, I think it's fun to see other hunters catch other hunters on my camera and kind of see what they're doing. I might see a bird hunter right. out there or a rabbit hunter out there. It's not always so much about the deer. And like you said, right. I, you know, I see coyotes and, and birds and all kinds of, you know, owls swooping in. And, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it could, <clears throat> I think it could be possible. I don't know if they're going to, I think they're going to target the Western States first. And I think that's right. because it's more, you guys have more um, majestic. I'll put that in quotations, majestic animals <laughs> kind of out there. You know, you have, elk right. and these bear and all this stuff and that's kind of like 
people yep. people like people don't care if like somebody shoots a deer but like you know people are like oh he shot a bear he's like you know some anti-hunters or yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah they're more higher up on the thing so i think maybe people will target states that have bigger game animals and stuff to kind of ban trail right. cameras but i don't know there's a lot of people that ha hate deer hunters so maybe they'll target uh indiana and kentucky and illinois you know um these are big deer hunting states our, our camera the cameras are big back there right yeah i mean um i bet you i could walk in the woods right now and find somebody's trail camera well let me ask you this uh how long a camera's been around 15 plus years 20 years yeah they've been around for a while when i first started using them was like um right after i think they they kind of got away with i think they had old ones that you actually took the film out of and had it developed yes but when yeah. i first got involved with it the trail cameras were more boxy square like eight 12 inches wide and they had sd cards in them and um with a yeah big they've battery. been around for yeah uh-huh they've been around for a little <laughs> while i would say yeah um and do you think every year the the animals are are you know their numbers are plummeting you know are they are you think more animals are, are dying because of the cameras in regards to back east i'm not saying for where i'm at but back east do you see a difference in population because of cameras or no not none whatsoever no none whatsoever i'll tell you um so i live about 20 minutes from illinois about 20 30 minutes from kentucky and i'm in southern indiana so i'm very very southern indiana so i live right. in indiana and we have in i'm i think ours is the second biggest city in indiana other than indianapolis so we have something called a reduction zone um, which is completely separate from your regular state tags. So your buck in your reduction zone or any does you kill in this reduction zone basically doesn't count towards the state. It's a separate license. And I'll tell oh, you, see. they have knocked the numbers of those deer so far down in this reduction zone because it's a city limit. And I've heard it's because of um, insurance reasons. I mean, you can kill 10 does in this, in this uh, reduction zone and one buck, wow. which is wow. 11 deer. Um, so if anything, um, if knocking the population down, um, is a concern with trail cameras, I don't think that's the case. I think it's maybe the insurance companies not wanting to, to pay out for all these deer collisions. So, um, right. no, I can't say that that population numbers would be down because of, of trail cameras. If anything, guys around here are passing on tons and tons of deer because they're wanting to shoot that one monster and then right. half of them or three quarters of them or 95% of them don't even connect, you know? Um, so no, definitely not around here. So in regards to cameras, you're actually letting the bucks get bigger because you're seeing what's out there and you're waiting for the big one and all the little guys get bigger. So it actually helps the population, doesn't it? If you get guys that are more trophy after the big boy instead of just a meat you know, uh, right. a meat harvest, you know, and here's the thing about out here. Uh, binoculars are big out here, you know, for glassing and scouting. Really going out and scouting, you know, on the weekend or whenever with binos for a deer in the area you want to hunt, 
it's no different than using trail cameras. You know, you'll probably see more scouting, mm -hmm. you know, glass in the hillsides when the sun comes up. Um, but they're not banning binos. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I, I just, I, I just don't see trail cameras being the issue. You know, it seems like if they're wanting to, um, preserve or keep more animals, um, why don't they cut down the tags or why don't they put antler restrictions on certain things or change stuff like that around? Why has it got to be? Yeah, exactly. You know, I just, it just seems like there's a better option for conservation yes. than a trail camera. Yes. Because in regards to hunters that like trail cameras, if they use them for hunting or not, they're the ones being punished over this, you know, like me, like me. Um, and like I said, I will get, I'll give it this year and see what comes of it. See if I hear anything about any bus, you know, with hunters using trail cameras or, you know, kind of feel where, you know, where they're going to go with this or how they're going to enforce it and how strict they're going to be. So, but like I said, I just didn't want to take a chance. And, you know, I, I've been blessed with taking a lot of animals. I don't mind not hunting for one year. It's weird. It's really weird. My buddy's going hunting, you know, and yeah, I'm not going, I'm not going a year after year. I do it, you know, every year. And, but I'm still out there in the field, checking my cameras and doing my thing. So I've got a little substitute per se, you know what I mean? With doing my cameras. Right. So I'm still out there, but it is weird when my buddies call me up and tell me what they saw when they were hunting or what they got, you know, cause usually I'm with them. <laughs> yeah. I could, uh, I could see that being a really strange adjustment. Cause you know, you're so used yeah. to going the same time every year and it's just like a thing that you do. Um, yep, exactly. So do you kind of feel like, um, hunters rights are slowly being taken away with these kind of bands? You think this is, yes, this is just absolutely like, this is like the start of the downhill slope. Yep. I usually when they are success successful with taking one thing away, they keep biting at it and biting at it. And it's, it's one thing after another. I mean, technically if you're going to, you know, look at trail cameras, being beneficial in hunting you gotta look at fish finders <laughs> really yeah you know, that's, that, a, yeah, that's, that's a actually, great comparison that is actually a fish finder is equivalent to a cellular cam then right because it's, it's even right better there, right? because you're actually in the spot <laughs> you don't even so have to drive from work exactly so fish finders you know, they tell you what's underneath the boat or off the, you know, the shore of the lake or whatever. Um, you know, is I had heard that that might be something possible down the road. Uh, you know, maybe they're going to start with banning them on fishing tournaments. Uh, I don't know if they'll ban they'd ban them with just the average fisherman at the lake type thing. But I mean, who's to say? I I don't know. You know, I don't know. The the trail cam blew my mind. The trail cam ban. Um, so who's to say where they're going to, you know, what they're going to go for next? I don't know. Um, but I think there's a, a lot less people that are going to be buying, you know, fishing, hunting licenses and tags if they're going to keep nitpicking and taking things away from us. Um, uh, I understand, you know, some things might be a, a, a real big advantage 
over others in regards to hunting. But, you know, if, if they're going to take us back to, you know, recurves, this isn't, you know, 60 years ago. It's 2022. I mean, come on, you know. Um, not only that, all the makers of scopes, binoculars, tripods, you know, even trail cameras, they're going to lose money if they things start getting taken away from us in regards to using towards our hunts. So, you know, there's a lot of companies that make lots of money off of these hunters. Camouflage, are they going to tell us we have to wear a red flannel from now on because camouflage is making it too easy? I mean, the camouflage companies, you know, they're going to go bust. I mean, wh wh where are they going to draw the line? It's, it's getting stupid. It really is. Yeah, I hope, um, I hope that this wasn't um, for Arizona's sake or, you know, for any other state's sake that this wasn't um, just kind of a, a chess move for, for funding because, you know, they may have got their funding this year. You know, if, if that was the case that they did it so they could get funding and politics and all that stuff, they're going to lose so many hunters that, and license sales that go towards all that conservation. And like you said, scopes yes. and guns and ammunition and the, the Pittman Robertson money and all that stuff. They're, yep. they're, uh, you know, they, they might've won the battle, but the war is going to be lost in the end when they lose all that funding, because with all that funding, um, um, fishing games, not going to have, have any money to put officers out. Um, state federal lands are going to go to shit. Um, they're already yeah. underfunded. So, um, gosh, I hope that's, uh, not the reason behind it. Well, here's an interesting thought. Uh, what if wild game or stealth cam, uh, you know, those trail cam companies, what if they donated and funded the game and fish department? Do you think this ban would have gone through? No, no way. way. No way. And that, you know, that's precisely my point. There's more, you know, behind this. It will meet CI for sure. Too, um, too much politics and, always is. Yeah, it seems like. I, I just wish they would have spoke up because I just can't see. You know, a few years from now, they're saying, you know, oh, we're going to just put restrictions on trail cameras now. You know, I think because it's a ban, it, they're done. They don't want to mess with it. And like I said, there's probably a lot behind it. We just don't know. But definitely it involves money. There's no doubt about it. So <clears throat> you're uh, you're kind of at the age, I guess, that there's probably not a whole lot of gadgets and 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 stuff fancy technology used you know when you were a kid hunting i kind of grew up with um electronics and and stuff like that but right. you know in 30 years um we can look back and see you know what we had 30 years ago as far as technology and hunting and stuff so let's advance 30 years down the road i've got to imagine that there's going to be um all kinds of fancy, uh, yeah. helpful gadgets out there. Are they, you think they're going to look back and be like, why were we worried about trail cameras? Because now we have, uh, whatever this new fancy device is that, you know, is just completely outdoes a trail camera. You know, I mean, it seems like they're, they're constantly innovating. So where does the, yes. the line kind of get drawn? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, you're right. I mean, I can't imagine what we're going to have in 30 more years, you know? I mean, it's probably going to, I don't know. I mean, look at rangefinders. I mean, that was huge. 
Yeah. Um, I, I shot instinctively with a bow all my life until about, uh, I want to say about five years ago, five, six years ago, I got a rangefinder. That helped me uh, a little bit more. But, you know, with shooting from zero to 40 yards-ish, you know, I was pretty much on anyway. But, you know, it's just an advantage. Like for the y- young kids growing up using a rangefinder compared to judging and, you know, trying to figure out the yardage. And, you know, some might say rangefinders stopped a lot of hunters from losing deer because they were more precise on the yardage instead of guessing and less wounded deer, maybe, you know, I mean, there's, there's pluses and minuses to all the gadgets per se uh, that we have out there, just like scopes. You know, I grew up with iron sights. In fact, I remember we used to use our scope when we were deer hunting to look through the glass through the hills. Well, now they have tripods, you know, 2000 Swarovski, you know, binoculars and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I, I just, I walked the hills and bumped something out of a bottom. And, you know, if I wanted to shoot it, I'd shoot it. But nowadays, you know, they're, the technology is phenomenal uh, that I didn't, you know, we didn't have when I was a kid. Um, But it, it probably does help in being, you know, a better shot per se, having a scope than not having a scope. And maybe you're, you're wounding less deer because you're too far away to shoot and you, you hit them where you shouldn't have hit them. But, a, you know, a, a nice scope would have, you know, dropped him in his tracks. So I don't know. You know, I don't know where they draw the line um, or what's going to happen. But a lot's happened in the last 30 years. can't imagine the next 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I always like to think of, of stuff kind of like, you know, when Daniel Boone was running around, the pilgrims were running around. You know, yeah. I imagine like it was a lot easier for them guys to could kill game there was a lot of it running around and, and right right you know now everyone's like you got all this fancy stuff it should be so easy but yeah there's not as much game running around um true yeah there's uh, it's more civilized it's more congested you know there's not yeah. like you, you can't just like walk for 700 miles and not see a person anymore in the united states like that doesn't exist so it's like yeah Yeah. we may have this fancy gadgets but it doesn't necessarily always make it um a hundred percent that you're going to kill something absolutely i agree i agree uh i i just you know and a lot of these gadget things uh you know even that scent spray you Mm -hmm. know some people swear by it i think it's a bunch of baloney i've tried it i don't believe in it anymore yeah, many years ago, I tried it. Uh, I just, you know, honestly, baking soda, washing your camos works for me. And then the ultraviolet, you know, uh, laundry detergent that supposedly the deer, you glow to the deer and all this and that. Man, I don't know. You know, how do we know what our deer see, you know? Uh, <laughs> they, they, they say, you know, they can see certain stuff with the cones in their eyes, certain patterns or colors or whatever, but... You know what? I, I think, you know, all of our grandpas used to hunt deer with a red flannel shirt and Levi's, you know, back in the, back in the day, yeah. you know, that, uh, you know, they were successful. Mind you, there might have been more deer around or animals, any animal per se back then. But I don't know. I, you know, I think every year they're coming out with stuff to sell that would catch the eye of a hunter and think, oh, that's going to get me that much closer to being successful. You know, it's always going to happen. You know, that's marketing and making money that's right yeah 
somebody's always got the next uh, next best thing, that's for sure. And uh, sometimes, I don't know, I've talked about this before too in the podcast. I've worked um, certain kind of scent sprays before, and sometimes I wonder if those made me actually spook deer more than it actually helped me out because some of them can smell a little chemical, like a chemical or not woodsy and normal you know any kind of weird right. smell like that can actually just make you stick out um, yeah and like i said you know i i smoke so you know whatever spray i got on me that's going to be eliminated the second i have a cigarette you know um <laughs> so who knows who knows uh but you know and the fun thing especially what you know i i archery hunt uh more than anything uh well i did um getting all camoed up that's the fun of it man <laughs> Heck yeah, you know, put I'm the a big face on. paint guy. Yeah, putting the camos on and thinking you're a bush and, you know, nothing could see you. That's part of the game. I mean, we all grew up doing that. You know, it's it's a blast. It's yeah. a lot of fun. So I wanted to to kind of ask you, since you're the, I want to call you the trail camera guru, um, what kind of cameras are you running? Or, or are you kind of like a guy that sees them at the store and they're like on sale and you're like, man, these are half off. I'm going to snag these. Or are you like a brand specific guy? Um, you know, when I started, <laughs> I got the cheapest there was, you know, I didn't know much about them. They took pics or a video and I was cool with it. You know, I it, getting the animal on camera was the thing for me, not so much quality, but now that I have a YouTube channel and I do, uh, uh, you know, videos for the YouTube channel, um, definitely want quality. So I go with a more upper scale cameras, but I'm not knocking the lower scale. My first camera was a Tasco and I got it at Walmart really cheap, you know, four years ago. And it still works to this day. It still is one of my favorite cameras, but for, you know, putting a video together for my YouTube channel, I don't use it for that, but I'll post it uh pictures from it on instagram and you know my facebook uh trail cam journey group but um uh tasco wild game i've had stealth and the, the lower you know the 30 dollar stealth mm -hmm. and 30 dollar wild games fantastic cameras without a doubt diehard cameras uh the cameras i use for my youtube channel that i pretty much run now is browning and my favorite is suspect game cameras it's got yeah. a white uh, it's got a white flash for color night pics and color videos at night. Fantastic. And that is gold to me because if I get bears or lions at night, any animal at night, and it's in color, it's awesome, man. People love that. And uh, so in regards to my channel, Suspect and Browning, but um, any of the cameras out there, uh, even this new Tacticam, you know, that I just have set out just on picks. Um, fantastic. Uh, but the lower quality cameras, they make so many different kinds now. I've even had some some uh, camera companies in uh, Taiwan or China, you know, that on Facebook that'll contact me trying to get me, you know, half off on a camera. And I'll talk them into giving me one for free. And I said, you know, I'll post and advertise the name in return. And I get them. Uh, they're good, man. They're not bad. Anything that works. Uh, I've had all the cameras have all the camera brands I've ever tried have had issues here or there, but yeah. you know, they're man-made. They're only going to last so long. Yeah. And with as much as, as much as the check-in and running as I do every single day of the year, um, 
you know, I, I get the full life out of them that they, they can give, but uh, they're all good. They're all good. But like I said, suspect is my favorite. It's just a dynamite dynamite camera. That's my favorite. Um, but they all work. They all do well. Uh, Cause I, I don't want to, you know, praise just the, the better end cameras because the lower end cameras did me well for three years, you know, and I have no complaints. Um, they're all good, man. They're all good. So, I, uh, uh, I love, so I have a, I have a Browning camera that was fairly expensive. I probably had it five years now and it's my absolute favorite camera. It's super yeah. easy to set up. It's got a, got a little light on it and everything. I can see at night. And, right. Um, but I do love the lower end 30, $40 cameras for, um, yes. public land because, you know, you've always got that uh, chance of uh, old sticky fingers walking by and snagging oh, your camera. I know. Um, so I, I wanted you know to talk. You, you know what bothers me the most about losing a camera? I've lost, you know, a few throughout the years. I haven't lost any in a while because I've changed my game and learned a lot. But what bothered me the most about losing a camera was what I had on the SD card that I never will know what I had. That yeah. bothers me more than losing the camera, be honest with you, because I might have Bigfoot and I lost it. <laughs> it's like you found a treasure chest, but you never got to open it, see if the gold's that, in there. That, yeah, that kills me the most is if they left the SD card and took the camera, oh, I'd be so happy, man. <laughs> I'd be so happy. <laughs> How do you, how do you deal? You know, you've said you've dealt with that. How do you deal with that on public land? How do you, uh, <coughs> how do you hide them or combat people messing with them? You booby trapping them or you hanging them up real high or, you know, strapping you know, a I, hand grenade to it or what? I, I try to hide them in the brush. I put a lot of my cameras low for the footage. I want to be eye level with the animal. So usually when people are hunters or just hikers or people that are jerks, they're looking up or kind of eye level to them. But I usually have them a couple of feet off the ground. I'll tuck them in somewhere. I actually hide them. When I set them up, I, I kind of hide them also from the animal. Even though the animal smells it and knows it's there, I'm yeah. just thinking, I'm thinking, all right, if it's two foot off the ground on this tree, I got some brush around it. I'll trim away just so I don't get a lot of triggers. So I'm always trimming them at least six foot in front of the, the camera with, you know, tall weeds or whatever. And then overhanging branches, I'll trim those back. But, um, there's really no trick to it. I, I did for a while. I was getting a caulking gun when I bought a camera and I caulked the camera, you know, the outside of the camera, and, you know, obviously cover up the lenses and everything. Um, and then get a paintbrush and smush all the caulk and let it dry for a couple of days in the Arizona sun, which is like a couple hours. Um, and then spray paint it with a, a darker type green. So it had that 3d effect with all the caulk in that's been brushed around it. You know what I mean? Oh, and, and then when I set it in the bushes, I've gone and checked them. And sometimes I can't find it. I'm like, I know it was right here. It blended in that well. I used to do that. I sometimes do that. But, um, yeah, for the most part, I just try to hide them. You know, because uh, I'll be out hunting and I'll see a camera on a tree and it stands out like a sore thumb. If it's not the cable, you know, the cable or the big flash on it, you know, something will stand out that will grab my attention. And I've also gotten some cameras. I got some bark and glued bark on there. And like I said, sometimes I have to do a double take to find them, you know, and kind of low to the ground. They, they just blend in so well. Unless you're right up close to it, it's hard to see 5, 10, 15 feet away, you know. Yeah. So there's just little tricks to the trade. 
Now, the cameras I had stolen are usually back in the day when I'd stick them on water holes, you know, uh, cattle tanks, places where other people would stick them and, the, you know, you see them on the trees. That was a stupid thing because, you know, you stick them there. Uh, there's a chance someone's going to snag them. Uh, so I just, I, a lot of my places are remote. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, set them tucked back overlooking a game trail. So unless someone walks right in between these bushes and sees it down, you know, down below, they're not going to see it. Uh, I actually have more illegals see my cameras, you know, illegal immigrants that come over from Mexico huh. than hikers or hunters. Really? Yeah, but I've only had a couple of them mess with the cameras and then they'll mess with it. They can't get it off. So they continue on their way. Um, but yeah, the, uh, I get a lot of, you know, migrants. Uh, down by the border up in the hills uh, on the cameras. And, you know, they they want to get from point A to point B, so they're not going to spend time messing with the camera unless they can grab it straight away. So what I do now is I, I'll do a cable lock. I don't carry around metal boxes. That's just too much work. I'll do a cable lock through it and then lock the camera itself. But if someone really wants to get into it, they can just get a rock and smash the camera and take the SD card, you know? Yeah. So I, I just I try to hide them. You know, there's really no trick to it. Um, just I'll set it up and then I'll stand six, eight feet back and I'll keep looking at it from different angles to see if it kind of blends in. I'll try to blend it in the best I can. You know, if, if, if someone sees it and they want to take it, they're going to take it. I have to, uh, I'm going to, we're going to wrap this up here, but I, I didn't have this in my show notes, but I've got to ask you now. What, what's the, the craziest thing you've caught on trail camera, whether it be a picture or a video? Have you ever caught, like, I, I don't know, a person doing something really funny or strange? Or, you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot of weird animals doing weird stuff. But if you if something sticks out in your head of, like, the weirdest or craziest or wildest thing, uh, I'd love to hear a story on it. Uh, I, got, I got a couple for you. Um, recently, I, I had uh, some... Uh, illegal migrants uh, stop in front of my camera. There's a little pool of water. It's a place where bears, you know, will, will drink higher, high elevation in Southern Arizona. And the migrants come and sit down. Then all of a sudden I see, you know, border patrol with them. They're, you know, escorting them out of there, you know, oh. taking them down to the bottom of the mountain. But one of the guys, they're sitting there filling up their jugs. One of the guys filling up his little water, uh, you know, his, his cup, with water right there as he's filling it up he looks straight and like two foot on the other side of the water there's a tree and brush and stuff he sees my camera and he looks right at me and he and he sits there and gives me the peace sign <laughs> <laughs> uh that was just recently that was uh last month but um that's funny i got i got the only arizona ocelot on camera here in southern arizona that's supposedly in arizona right now the only one i got him on camera uh last uh june i got him on two cameras i got one pic and two videos of it and that's on my youtube channel what's an awesome um, it's you know it looks like a jaguar but it's the size of a house cat huh there's only one running uh, around they say there's only one in arizona right now they come up from mexico sometimes and we got one jaguar in arizona right now uh in south uh eastern arizona i haven't got him on jack uh camera yet but that's my ultimate goal as a Jaguar. Um, I got a, you know, I, I get a lot of animals that, you know, are, aren't seen often like a Mexican spotted owl. Uh, I 
got one of those. I didn't know what it was. And then this lady that was on my trail cam journey group on Facebook, she contacted me and said that she worked for a wildlife organization, you know, years ago, she's since retired. She said, you know, you, you, I see you get these owls all the time. Where are you getting them? And I told her what mountain range. And she said she was there like 15 years earlier and they spent three months just trying to get one pick. And I, they show up all the time on my camera at this water <laughs> pool. Yeah. And so, you know, things like that are, you know, pretty cool. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. I just, you know, I, I get a lot of different things. I don't get many hunters or hikers because uh, I'm pretty remote, but um, that's a I good get, problem you know, my, to have. Yeah. I, I got uh, recently got my first mountain lion it, uh, female that was screaming in heat in front of my camera at a mountain lion scrape. She was screaming. It sounded like some, some woman screaming, man. I got that for the first time on my camera. Uh, that was a couple months ago. So that was pretty neat. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think all the stuff I get is pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it sounds like you, uh, it's, it's cool around here. We're kind of, um, we're used to seeing deer and some turkeys, when you're lucky and some squirrels and some rabbits and coyotes, but it seems sounds like you got like a wide range of stuff that you can, uh, you can get on camera. I kind of, when I open my trail camera, I kind of know that it's going to be like 99% deer most likely or raccoons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that sounds, uh, sounds super cool. It's like opening a treasure chest every time you pop that little SD card in your camera. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you know, there's one other thing I want to tell you. A couple of years ago, I had uh, three cameras at this this spring I found. It wasn't on a map. It was just a natural spring. And I had uh, three cameras set up on video. And the cattle were in the area that at that time. And they came through and destroyed the little pool and, you know, shit all over the place and messed with my cameras. And I was so pissed. So when I checked them, I decided to leave one wild game there, an older wild game, pulled my you know, better quality cameras for pics and videos and thought, you know, I'm going to give it a few months to come back and hopefully the cows will be moved, you know, to some other area. So I left one wild game there on a pick, just on pics. Well, two months later, I went to go check it and take some, you know, higher end cameras back to cat, you know, get footage. Cause I get a lot of lions at this, this area and bears. I went back a couple months later and uh, checking the pictures and I have a picture of a mountain lion, you know, with a, a spotted deer fawn in front of it, like a foot in front of it. And the mountain lion's reaching up with its paw to grab it. That was the picture I got. So he, he killed that fawn in front of that camera. And if I would have had it on video, I'd probably have, you know, be making some good money right now on my YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> wow. Wow. But I got that picture. I got that picture of that. You know, it was like the, the front half of the lion and the whole fawn was in the picture too. And he was reaching up, you know, right behind her, reaching up to grab her. And, you know, she was, you know, red and spotted. She was young. Yeah. And, um, but the lion, yeah, if I would have had that on video, one of my higher end cameras right there, oh my God, I would have got a killer, killer footage, you know. Uh, but that was another thing that, you know, and like I said, you know, the, the cattle were there in that area months before. And, uh, you know, just I had hundreds of cow videos, you know. And I was pissed, so I left the camera there just on pick and pulled all those. And sure enough, that happens. And I didn't have a you know a, a great camera there. That's uh, it seems like that's always the way that it goes. Um, uh, yes, that that's super cool. I uh, I think 
Um, we kind of talked about it earlier, but you know, trail cameras aren't only a hunting thing. Like it teaches so much about nature and, and kind of how stuff yes. works. Nobody, there's a lot of people out there that don't think like, you know, mountain lions are killing deer and, you know, and kind of like how the whole system works. And, you know, right. guys like you that are getting these videos and stuff kind of helps people understand like animals aren't, you know, these mountain lions aren't cute little cuddly things and like deer wild. Right. And, you know, there's a food chain and there's a system to all of this. And yeah, I think it's important that, you know, people, people post that stuff because, you know, it's reality. It's what's really going yeah. on out there. It's, it's a circle awesome, of life. Is that picture on your Instagram? Yes, it is. Yes, the mountain it is. Lion? Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. Yeah. I got, oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. on there. Uh, I, I don't always post everything I get on Instagram. Uh, I'll just post, you know, the cool things here and there. But I post more on my trail cam journey group on Facebook and on uh, YouTube, my YouTube channel. I'll put, you know, when I get a good run of videos uh, together, I'll put those together and put those on my uh, YouTube channel. But, uh, yeah, it should be. I believe it is on uh, Instagram because it's a classic. I absolutely love it. Um, but at the same time, it's heartbreaking because I I was so close to getting that on video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by it when we jump off here. I'm definitely going to go over there and, and try to find it. And I'm going to. I'm going to go over and like your, your, uh, your Facebook group too, and check out your YouTube. <clears throat> um, just to kind of end it here, uh, for anybody that's not on YouTube, people that are listening on Apple and Spotify and everything, uh, that necessarily won't see the screen. I'll have you tell everybody kind of where to connect with you on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook and, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I got, uh, on Facebook, I got uh, a group called Trail Cam Journey, and it's not just Arizona. I've got people from all over the states on there, you know, posting their footage. So anybody is welcome to join and post, uh, you know, trail cam footage. Uh, there's no hunting pics on there. You know, it's just trail cam stuff. Um, I've also got uh, Instagram, which is uh, Miller0007, where I post a lot of my stuff. And, of course, my YouTube channel, uh, which is Jason Miller Outdoors. Cool. That a triple O seven that have anything to do with like the double O seven being sneaky and stuff or. Yeah. Double O seven was taken. So I had to go with triple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I grew up a James Bond fan too, man. Yeah. I knew there had to be some kind of tie in there with being sneaky with these trail cameras and everything. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, trail cam journey, uh, which is, you know, pretty much what that is, you know, trail, you know, me on my trail cam journey and everybody else, but one of my favorite rock bands was journey growing up. So oh, okay. that's how I came up with that. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking trail cameras. There's a, uh, there's, you know, millions of people out there using trail cameras. So I know somebody, uh, listening can kind of find this information useful and, uh, hopefully, um, hopefully Arizona will wisen up and get rid of that. So you can get back to hunting there and uh, hopefully yeah. it doesn't make its way East over to me. Cause uh, you know, I, I love seeing trail camera pictures and I don't want to go through that. Right. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'll, I'll yeah. do it again anytime. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, I'll catch up with you on Instagram. Like I said, I'll check out, uh, I'll check out your pages, man. And uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. See ya.
Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hunt the Wild podcast. If you enjoyed the show and it's brought you some sort of value, I'd love if you could give me a rating and a review. Just a few seconds of your time can help me better understand the type of content you all enjoy, and it would mean the world to me to hear from all of you.